when people usually say that you know they're expanding globally it means one of the founders wants to go move to LA or somewhere <laughs> is, that, is that the case oh, unfortunately <laughs> I think we probably both want to but I don't know if I misses what that was were you a Love Island fan not me personally not that I'm going to admit to on the podcast <laughs> anyway <laughs> it's one of the few you know print media out there that's actually grown in a market that's relatively in decline I like our lots of, lots of comedy stuff so one of the I mean the brand deal that stands out for me is the Tekken button smashing video we did. He's hired help. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a placement student on cheap labour. <laughs> you said it, you said it, mate. It's a fantastic experience. I mean, what you find out is very quickly uh, how important marketing is. Welcome back to the Social Day podcast. Today we're joined by Will who is a marketer and international keynote speaker. He's worked for companies including Electric House and McDonald's, as well as agency side on brands like Disney, T-Mobile and Domino's Pizza. Thanks for joining us, Will. How are you today? Thank you for having me, Emily. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm really good, thank you. I've, um, I've taken a bit of time out uh, this week and feeling very relaxed and recharged, ready to get the stress levels back up again in time for Monday. So yeah, you're going to hear me at my absolute most zen. So could you just tell us a bit more about you and your career up until this point? Because obviously you've worked for some amazing brands and um, you're very busy at the moment, obviously. So could you just tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, totally. And I'll I'll try and keep it brief. I think it, it's helpful to go into the detail because it helps what we're going to talk about. But I know people want to get to the good stuff, not kind of my life story. But I mean, you, you, you summed it up pretty well. So I, um, I've worked in digital media my entire career which is depressingly about 15 years now. <laughs> I was thinking about this last night. I was like, Jesus, okay, I've been around for a while now. So yeah, I started agency sides. Uh, when I first started, I was doing press and online, but online was really where my interests were. And so working on a variety of brands, including like Middlesex University, Henley Management College, Tote Sports, and then I moved to a, uh, an agency called Arena, which is now part of Havas. And uh, the big account I was working on there was T-Mobile. So that was all digital. Um, and, the, the, you know, we're talking like banner ads and really like direct response. But when we first started, and this was like in 2007, we did do something on Bebo. And when and previously in my Middlesex University days, we were doing stuff on MySpace. Um, so yeah, social's kind of always been there. I've, I think I've done a campaign on pretty much every social network. And I was literally about to interrupt you with a joke asking you if you'd worked on uh, MySpace and Bebo, and yes, you ruined it. Yes. Yeah, apologies. So yeah, I've been, uh, I mean, to be fair, back in those days when you advertised on MySpace, it was banners. But yes, I remember doing a video banner campaign, expandable banners, you know, the really sexy stuff. Um, and then, yeah, so at Arena worked on a variety of clients. I think when I left, I was working on 12 different clients, which is kind of the reason why I left, because um, it was impossible to just do 95 working on so many. But literally, you name it, I'd, I'd kind of worked on it from Skeletric to the Norwegian Tourist Board, Westfield, uh, Pathé Films, uh, Fly Thomas Cook, Thomas Cook Foreign Exchange, like Gantt, Fat Face, you know, pretty much 
any kind of sector I'd kind of worked on, honey monster foods. Um, but the big client that I spent a lot of time on, as, apart from T-Mobile, was uh, Domino's Pizza. And I just love all things fast food. I mean, you're not allowed to call it that. It's you know, quick serve restaurants in uh, the informal eating out occasion. Um, and really enjoyed that. And then the opportunity came up to work on the McDonald's account at OMD. And I remember saying to the managing director of Arena at the time, who was an amazing mentor and, you know, Dan Clay's still, you know, we still speak now and he, he's an incredible person who I know and have worked with and he said to me look we're going to really change things rip it up with Domino's don't don't go to OMD and I just said it's McDonald's like you can't <laughs> there's nothing you can say that's going to stop me joining to work on McDonald's and so McDonald's was incredible the best account I've ever worked on in my life um so I was doing that at Arena again from a digital perspective so pre-rolls mobile banners Spotify ads uh, display and social again and you know now we were dabbling on Facebook uh, you know, this is now like 2010 we're talking. So, yeah, always been on social um, campaigns from the very beginning. And then, um, yeah, the opportunity then came up to work on Disney at Cara. And uh, funnily enough, Dan Clays had moved over to OMD at that point. And I was like, Dan, I'm really sorry. I'm, I'm handing my notice to you again. <laughs> and uh, he, he was like, what can I say? I was like, it's Disney. <laughs> and he was like, you said that for McDonald's. I was like... Still speaking to you after yeah. you uh, moved away from the twice. Yeah, but I was like, it's come on, it's Disney. Like that's that is the like the biggest. And I worked on Disney again, doing a bit of YouTube. So yeah, again, another social network, a bit of Facebook. Uh, I didn't enjoy working on Disney. I'll be honest. Um, it didn't quite live up to my expectations. It was a real shame. So then I went back to OMD purely working on social now so in that time i was you know i launched the uk uh, page for the monopoly board game worked on ray-ban for a campaign pepsico uh really looked after rimmel london royal caribbean cruises um and then yeah mcdonald's kind of came back and basically i ended up going to mcdonald's for a six week kind of i'll help you out um just you know there was a bit of a gap i won't go into the details but it's not really that interesting, but uh, I was helping them out for six weeks in their head office, and that turned into five years, and that was incredible. And we did some amazing, amazing work, which I, you know, highlight my career. You know, we won best use of Facebook, we won best use of content on a social platform. Really changed up the way that we were doing things on social. When I first joined, it was you know one person. By the end, it was a full team, and and since I've left, it's you know great even more than that. So that's great to see. And then I worked for a company called Electric House, who you guys know very well. They speak at Social Day um you know every year um and actually i first met them at social day <laughs> funnily enough and it's a story that i tell a lot but you know electric house with they're on the tools platform they were on stage before me when i was talking about mcdonald's and literally i'd never heard of on the tools so i was like well this will be an easy act to follow you know I'll, i'm coming on after them no problem and uh, i was just blown away by what they were saying and what they were doing and uh, as soon as our talks finished, we literally went and made a beeline for each other just to kind of introduce ourselves because we just really liked what we were both saying. And in the end, I was lucky enough to work with them. So I've uh, been working at Electric House for about a year and a half. Uh, but I recently left Electric House and will be joining a company called Future Learn uh, next week at the time of recording uh, to be their new head of social, which I'm massively, massively excited about. And um, we don't need to go into too much detail. I'm sure it'll come up in the talk and, and later on. But Future Learn is an online learning platform, which is all about empowering people to, um, you know, have access to education that might not normally have access to it, make it more fun, interactive, social, and really encourage change in the world. And that sounds quite lofty, but uh, that is their intention. And so it's everything from 
you know, learn to speak Spanish or learn how to code to how to be a social activist with Jamila Jamil and how to do, um, you know, how to bake with BBC Good Food and how to program video games. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be really interesting. I'm really excited about it. And and even just from the research that I've done, having not started, community, which is something that I'll be talking about at Social Day, is massively important to them. So it's, um, yeah, it all bodes really well. Yeah, big congratulations on that. And I'm a big fan of Future Learn. So it'll be really, really good to see what you get up to. Obviously, that that's a lot of experience and a lot of different brands and social medias that you've worked on. What do you think like over your career and over your social media journey has been the biggest changes that you've seen in the industry? I know that's a pretty big question, but... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, we could do a whole, a whole conference about that. What I'm going to say now is not new news, probably to a lot of listeners. I think it might be to some, but you know, we're talking for 15 years of social media. What, what would I say to that? And I think uh, the fact that social media really is now like, well, depending on the platforms and the way that platforms move, you've got to really have an owned and earned strategy. So you can't get away with just doing pure organic. And I think people like Gary Vee or Mark Ritson or um, other other commentators might try and make this a bit more black and white. I think it is a bit grey. And actually, I've probably been a bit guilty in, in, even in Social Day last year, maybe trying to make it more black and white than it needs to be. I think um, basically what I'm saying about this is back in the day, Facebook, when I was working on Domino's Pizza, you had a million fans. You did a post. You would probably reach nearly a million of them. That is not the case anymore. You know, really on a Facebook page, you're probably going to be reaching about one to five percent on average max uh every time you do a post and that's that's a good thing i know people at facebook and they say that it's not just because we're trying to make you pay to be seen um it's a good thing because we need to show people the most relevant content and so i think um it's interesting that you see it you know facebook now is is great for as an ads platform i think if you're doing your big campaign of the year and you're not putting paid behind it you're (laughs) I think you're doing yourself a disservice. I think there's a role that organic can play, but if you want to reach your 60% of your target audience that's going to help really make changes to your business's bottom line, I think you need to be really considering paid from the beginning. But it's interesting that Instagram has been moving more towards that. Even Twitter now, it's not all live unless you change the setting. You know, It's more of like an algorithm-based platform. And so what we're seeing now is TikTok is incredible and people are going crazy for it because you don't need any fans to technically go viral. I mean, I could do my first ever video on TikTok and reach millions of people, which is incredible and it's great and it's exciting. And LinkedIn, we're seeing this as well, that I read a stat, <laughs> there's apparently only 1% of people on LinkedIn are actually posting content on LinkedIn. So by posting anything on LinkedIn, you are standing out from 99% of people, which is a mind blowing stat. But this is the problem or, or the good thing, there's not enough content so if you are posting you are more likely to be seen you're reaching far more people you know i, I did a post the other day that reached fifty thousand people i'm definitely not connected to fifty thousand people nor am i an influencer but there's just not enough content so more people can see it but i think the more mature a platform gets like a facebook like an instagram the more you have to think about paid and i think that's been something that people still struggle with and working at mcdonald's we really really knew that and we we took that into consideration with everything 
working at electric house with comparatively smaller clients and that's not a, a dig you know I, I think very few clients are as big as mcdonald's a big global brand so it's, it's no um, disrespect to them but a lot of them still were thinking okay well i want to do a cost per fan campaign because i want to have a million fans so that i can reach them with every post and it was a bit of an education job sometimes being like that's the old way of doing it particularly on facebook you really need to think about what your paid strategy is so like i say it's that's for me, and I'm sure for you guys and a lot of listeners, that's not new news, but it's uh, it's funny how people still, uh, sometimes it is still new news to people. And I think, you know, what we're talking about later on and what I'll be talking about at Social Day, all about building communities, this is a really important point. You know, it's not, I think when people see a, a conference about social media and a talk called How to Make Communities That People Love, I think the first order is right. It's about fans. Maybe it's about a Facebook group with people in it. And that's an element of it, but that's only scratching the surface. That's uh, that's not where I see the, the future of social going. And hopefully my talk will open people's eyes to that and explain what they should be doing and how they can uh, make better communities that are actually driving real business benefits. And, and for me, that's the really important thing. We can talk about that in a bit more detail, but what I really want to make sure with any talk that I do is that people have stuff that they can actually take away. I, I hate when you go to a conference and it's like, what's the big takeaway? Well, it's all about immersive storytelling. It's all about being authentic. Like, cool, I'm selling a sandwich. What am I, <laughs> you know, what, what authentic stories can I tell about two pieces of bread and a piece of meat? So um, I promise, this is kind of like my pitch to people listening, I promise when we do the talk, there will be stuff that you can actually take away on the day. Yeah, thank you. I, I think it's really important as well what you said about obviously a lot of brands concentrate on like the, the metrics, you know, like engagement and how many like likes they get, how many followers they get from it, conversions. And obviously that's a good way to measure success of a campaign. But now we see brands becoming more aware of how important actually building a community is and actually connecting with, you know, people on a on a people to people level, not just you know, selling to people and getting them to buy things. And obviously community is something you're really passionate about. Do you think community is going to become the most important factor in social? I know obviously you said you're speaking about it at social day. Yes. Do you think COVID as well has played an impact in how and how big communities has gotten? 100%. While you answer that, um, just get your definition of what community is as well. Oh, <laughs> The, the, the deck is still being written, yeah. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> there will be a very pithy one line, but I think uh, in, a, in a not so succinct way, what do we mean by community? I guess in a nutshell, you've got consumers, you've got your customers, and then you've got like a community and the two are not necessarily always the same thing. Uh, you know, cu uh, customers are people who buy your product. Uh, a community is people who not only buy it, but really celebrate it, champion it talk about it on their own accord and that's a lot more powerful for a business than just somebody who kind of dips in and out um so a community is what you really want to be building and that's what social is kind of for that's what social is meant to be about you know communities of people talking about your product on your behalf so we'll get that into a one-liner uh, <laughs> i'm working on it but that's what we mean by community and that's why it's important but i mean emily in terms of your your point Yes, I've got a load of stats I can throw at you right now. But yes, in, in these COVID times, uh, community has been massively important. We know, you know as humans, we need connection. It's, uh, it's a really important part of humanity. 
but if we you know that's that's a nice thing to say and we can talk about these lofty things but i know from a business perspective what's actually doing but over the past year looking at these stats it was saying that 77 uh, percent of people say the most important group that they're now part of in, in any way you know any sort of group in common or club or membership or thing that brings people together 77 percent of people say the most important group they're part of now operates online um and 98% of people who belong to an online group say they feel a sense of belonging to that group. And one in three, this one blows my mind, one in three people whose preferred group operates online say they feel more comfortable sharing their feelings and perspectives with their group than they do with even a real friend or member of their family. So, you know, this is where people are opening up. And particularly, like you say, COVID, we've seen Facebook groups absolutely blow up. For the first time really ever, Facebook themselves are promoting groups because they know that it, it's a way to bring people together in their local community, um, as well as things like, you know, parenting. It's literally now things like uh, what's happening now in, you know, Fulham or, you know, any area like that. There's like dedicated groups about that. But like I say, that's the kind of the lofty, lovely, fluffy, nice stuff. I know that people coming to social day, myself included, are like, okay, well, what's it doing for my business? <laughs> you know, what what has a parenting group got to do with me? But I think if you look at, I mean, there's a great paper by Zoe Skaman uh, called uh, Fandoms, and I would highly recommend everybody looks into that. Uh, I think it's called the Future of Fandoms. Definitely check it out. Um, but what they talk, what she talks about, and that is that fandoms have always been around you know i'm sure Stuart, you were a member of the spice girls club like i was back in the 90s 100 yeah. that's not gone anywhere <laughs> that's not that's not changing but with online and with social and with you know community these things become a lot more powerful and if you look at a band like bts now a korean uh pop band they literally bring billions of dollars to Korea from a tourism perspective, but from a food, film, fashion perspective. You look at Rihanna, she's now a billionaire, not because of her music, but because of her uh, Fenty label, uh, Fenty Beauty. And th these are things because you know she, that she's built a community that's all really engaged around that. You look at an influencer, Mr. Beast, who created a burger company, literally had people queuing two miles down the road to try out his burger because he's got a really engaged community. You know, that was a, a brand new burger company. There's no way that would have had such um, demand if it wasn't attached to him and the community that he's built. You look at like Gymshark and Peloton, you know, these, I know we're talking about like sexy, you know, bands and brands, but something like Gymshark is, is gym wear. But the way they've done it and really built a community around it and really celebrated the people who wear the clothing and really celebrating the community, Peloton as well. You know, this, that's how they've turned into a billion dollar brand and even less kind of sexy than uh, a gym wear brand like Sage, Insur uh, sorry, Sage Accounting. They literally have a champion's uh, uh, platform, which is all about if you are a Sage accounting user, join our sage champions program talk about sage on our behalf we will reward you because we really want you to be part of this community that celebrates you know all the amazing things you can do when you let sage do your accounting so i really again i don't want people to think well you know i'm not i'm not talking about a band i'm not talking about a sexy brand for me it's accounting or whatever that thing is community definitely has a role to play and we'll, we'll go into more detail on that on the day but um you've got to be thinking about it particularly and sorry this is a really long answer to your question but the, the thing that's kind of hanging over us all 
is uh, iOS 14 and the move towards first-party data. And so for people who aren't aware of this that are listening in, basically what this means is I'm sure you've seen it on your phones uh, and Google's doing it as well with Android. Basically, apps are now saying, do you agree that you're going to give away your kind of data uh, and you're, you know, you're going to allow uh, advertisers to see what you're doing with this app um, and to be able to tra- track and trace you? Um, and obviously people go, well, that sounds terrifying. No. But what that means is us as advertisers, as brands, um, it's very difficult now to know what people are interested in or what they're doing, even if they're buying your product. It's very difficult if people are saying, no, I don't want to be tracked, um, to know if your ad actually resulted in a sale. So the great thing about community is this is first party data that you can use to better target existing and new customers. So forget all the fluffy stuff about, you know, it brings humanity together. At the end of the day, if you want to sell more products, first party data is going to be really helpful for you to do that. And community is, is a perfect way to do it. So that's why I'd, uh, I'd really encourage people to take this stuff seriously. So I know you mentioned Facebook groups and obviously that's like the most, no, everyone's thoughts jump to that as soon as you said community but um i know is it right that when you're working on on the tools or some of the brands at electric house you use discord and use a lot of other platforms to like build that community cross-platform is that an important factor do you think totally so to be honest when Stuart and i were first talking about this talk when I was working at Electric House, you know, to be honest, Facebook and Facebook groups is where Electric House has really kind of made its name. Now they are massively moving into new areas and platforms and ways of working, which is really exciting. But that is where it really started. And that's where the my expertise has really grown on those platforms. I, I dare say when it comes to groups, Electric House knows more than anybody else. You know, they've got a DIY on a budget which is a, a DIY group for it's mostly it's got a female skew. I think it's about 84% female talking about DIY that you can do at the best possible value. And that's got 2.1 million members. And so, you know, the things that you can learn with a group that big, there's, there's loads that you can do, but <laughs> people say, that's a really good, it's a really good question, Emily, but it is a really good question because um, <laughs> it's exactly that. It's, it's not, <laughs> I find when people say that they're just buying more time to work out what they're going to say next. <laughs> um, but it, but it is a really good question because it, it doesn't need to just be Facebook and Facebook groups. I think, uh, you know, it's it's Reddit, it's Fortnite, it's your CRM list, it's OnlyFans, and it's not just porn as part of that. You know, OnlyFans is really making moves to be more uh, than just um, people, you know, doing subscriptions to see things that you wouldn't see elsewhere. Like, literally, influencers and mainstream celebrities are now using it because they're giving a lot of stuff away on Instagram for free. And actually, there's a lot of ways that they can make more money and monetize sharing stuff with their community. And so I think brands should be keeping an eye on OnlyFans as well. I think Twitch um, is another one which it started off as just gaming. It's not anymore. Discord, like you say, they've done a whole advert um, in in America with Danny DeVito showing it's not just game chats. Um, But all of this, this is what I'm saying, like ECRM as well. You know, it's not even just social. Um, And I was talking to a guy when I was working at Electric House and he said, funny enough, it was an online learning platform that's not FutureLearn. But he was saying, we've got this problem. We bring in these customers. They love us. 
they do their course and then they go away and then we basically have to start from scratch again. How can we engage them and build a community so that we can still talk to them and get them to buy more product from us? And so that's what this is all about. So, you know, even if you don't just work in social, it's still something you need to be thinking about. Do you think as well, like after, obviously everything's starting to open up again now, do you think we'll start to see like these communities kind of realising as well? Obviously with with like events like Social Day, obviously we've built an online community and that can that's very easily transferred into a real event. But with like brands, do you think that they there'll be more of a demand for this like in-person community as well? Uh, <laughs> difficult to say with a brand, I think. I mean, look, you've not told me to say this, but Social Days community is is definitely the strongest I know of any conference. And I can name many people who I've met through Social Day and still speak to now and I look forward to seeing in September. But that's, you know, based around this common interest, social media that people love. And it's, uh, you know, I want to learn more about it and the opportunity to speak to people from Monzo or Electric House or McDonald's who I know are going to be there is really amazing. I think with brands, it's difficult to say, it dep- it, again, this isn't just about social. You need to think of a brand that people genuinely love, really interested in. And that's not to say it's only the fun, sexy brands. You know, you can be a very boring product. If your advertising uh, has created that kind of feel of community and if you're talking to the audience in a really engaging and interesting way, then uh, absolutely. I think if you're literally just a toothpaste brand, as an example, just talking about the benefits of your toothpaste, you know, a fan of your page who liked it probably 10 years ago when they were liking, you know, any page, if you now said, hey, post-COVID, now we're doing a big meetup, I don't think that's going to change anything. But I think brands and companies and advertisers do need to think more about how they can engage people Um in real life, it's a tough one. That's a really hard question. I think it, I hate to say it as a cop out, but I think that really depends. I think that we take that Peloton example, Peloton Live, hundred percent, sign me up. Um, but yeah, maybe not uh, every single brand because yeah, it, it depends the kind of what they're doing. But it's never too late to start. And I think depending on what you're advertising and what you're promoting, there will probably be, particularly in this day of internet, there's a niche for everything and for everyone. Um, potentially there's a way that you could do that that people would want to meet up in real life too. I was just thinking while you're talking there, Will, I mean, actually, you know, it's, it's right. Does every brand need to have a live community? I mean, existing online is one thing, but meeting up face-to-face is not always necessary. And I just I was just thinking back to, um, we've, had, we've had some good conversations with TikTok lately and, you know, they've been doing some really great stuff with social commerce um, and actually taking out pop-up shops. I think they've got one at Westfield at the moment where they are, you know, they have different influences each day. And, and I kind of think that's yes. kind of like pop-up um, culture is a good way of bringing that community to a, a live venue when then maybe isn't necessarily a um, social commerce play there. Um, I mean, for obviously for them, it's kind of more awareness of the platform, I guess. Yeah. Branding. Yes. Yeah. I think, um, and look, I'm not a, you know, I'm a social professional not a real life professional <laughs> sounds weird to say <laughs> i just you know my, my brain is plugged into the internet and that's it i, I don't go outside um but no what I, what I would say and this is you know as somebody who, who reads a bit about this and is interested in this and having worked as a, a with high street brands such as mcdonald's i think we all know that the high street has suffered a lot over the last 10 years forget covid i think covid has made it even harder and i what i think we're seeing now is that people 
are not afraid to go to the high streets uh, or you know they don't, it's not like they don't want to amazon is great but they don't not want to go to the high street but they want much more of an experience they want something that's really interesting entertaining engaging when they go to a shop and then probably yeah they'll just buy it online anyway but at least that they can really feel and see and experience something in innovative ways and the example i was giving with this is nike you know you can go to nike in oxford street it's like getting a haircut you know you go in and you, you can sit down with somebody who helps design your shoe and that's amazing and I, i've still got a pair of shoes that i did that with and it was an amazing experience and way more memorable than any pair of shoes i've ever bought before i still had to wait weeks for them to actually come through and be sent to me and i didn't buy it so, you know, i didn't pick it up there and then but it was an amazing experience and i think and i hope we're going to see more of that on the high streets knowing that you're probably Either, either in the shop or, or back at home or on your mobile, you're probably going to you know, press that button to actually purchase it. But I think that's a really interesting space. And I think uh, you know the TikTok uh, experience at Westfield is that kind of thing, uh, bringing things to life in a more engaging way, even though you might just still be buying it online. Yeah, that's, that's a great answer, Will. So I think that's everything. And obviously you're going to be speaking at Social Day next month. You're going to be talking about how to create online communities that people will love. And obviously you've spoken a lot about that here, but we'll get into the nitty gritty of that when we see you in a few weeks. Yes, I can't wait. It's uh, it's going to be amazing to, to be back at Social Day, seeing you guys, seeing everybody else there. I, I'm really excited about it. And um, yeah, like I said, I guess this is my kind of my last pitch to get people to to come <laughs> view my talk. But like I say, uh, this is not just about Facebook. It's not just about Facebook groups. And that wherever possible, I will really give you tangible things that you can apply that day that really shows the benefit to your business and its actual bottom line. There will not be anything about engagement rates of 0.08% improvement or, you know, a, a like rate of two percent which is great for no reason there will always be something tangible that people can use so um yeah really excited about it and, and hope to see loads of people there yeah thanks so much for joining us will yeah we're looking forward to seeing you too mate my pleasure nice one thank you very much guys wow what a great chat with will bear it's always so great to hear about people's careers and their social media journeys and will really has done so much in the industry really do wish him all the best luck at future learn not that he needs it i'm sure he's going to absolutely smash it so if you want to get tickets to social day and see will's session along with all the other amazing speakers and brilliant sessions you've got lined up then just head over to socialday.uk and you can get your ticket see the lineup see the program um and just see what we've got to offer it'll be a great three days and also great to get back to live events again so hopefully we'll see you there <laughs>